No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Have you ever repeated the same mistake? Certainly we all have. Today we will see where Abraham failed the same test two times, but through it all, God was working in Abraham's life. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 20 on Simply the Bible. Eleanor Holmes Norton said, There is no reason to repeat bad history. Yet bad history is exactly what we see repeated in today's story. Abraham made the same mistake he had made in the past. Yet in a way, this is comforting. For the fact that Abraham wasn't perfect, and yet God still used him, well, I know that gives me hope that God can still use me, though I'm imperfect. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 20. And Abraham journeyed from there to the south, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. So Abraham moved southward from Mamre near Hebron toward the way of Egypt, and he remained in Philistine territory, Gerar. We don't know really what motivated him to do this, but he was now on the outskirts of Canaan where God had called him to live. And you know, it's always dangerous to dwell in the enemy's territory. Abraham lied and said that Sarah was his sister because she was beautiful. And Abraham didn't want someone killing him to take her. Now keep in mind, Sarah was 89 years old, yet she was so attractive that this Philistine king wanted her for his harem. No doubt if Sarah would have come out with her own line of cosmetics, she would have been wealthy on her own right. Verse 3, But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. I don't know if you've ever had a dream where you knew it was from God. I think I've had this happen to me one time, and it came as a warning. But imagine having a dream where God says to you, you are as good as dead. That would certainly rattle your cage. Verse 4, But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, would you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even herself, said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. Now, Abimelech was a man of integrity. In fact, he shows more integrity than Abraham in this situation. I have found that many times people in the world have more integrity than some Christians. And that's sad because it's a lack of integrity among those who profess faith that ruins our testimony. Not only did Abimelech have personal integrity, but he could call his nation righteous. The Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation. Abimelech could defend their actions before God. He had acted innocently in this matter because Abraham had said that Sarah was his sister and Sarah had verified it. Verse 6, God said to him in a dream, 
Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. God had intervened. Where Abraham failed to protect Sarah, God stepped in and prevented Abimelech from lying with her. Sarah was likely in the early stages of pregnancy. And Abraham put her and Isaac at risk by lying about her. But God was looking out for them. I wonder, how many times does God protect us without us ever even knowing it? We may never know. We make many mistakes, but we are still God's children. And he watches over us and even watches out for us to bring to completion the good work he has intended for us. The Lord identified Abraham here as a prophet. This is the first time in Scripture that the word prophet is used. It means someone who speaks forth the words of God. It is interesting that even though Abraham failed to trust God and then lied to protect himself, God would still use him to pray for Abimelech. Abimelech and his people were under a death sentence until Abraham interceded for them. This is hard for people in the world to understand. They think they're righteous. In fact, they look at others who go to church and think that they're more righteous than they are, and many times they're right. Abimelech acted more righteously than Abraham. Even so, Abimelech was under a death sentence. The same is true with people in the world who look to their own righteousness to save them rather than to Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 3.18, that whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. No matter how righteous a person thinks he is, his righteousness is insufficient to atone for his sins. Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, said, The greatest enemy to human souls is the self-righteous spirit which makes men look to themselves for salvation. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.4, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Like Abimelech, we were all once dead in our own trespasses and sins. But God made us alive together with Christ by his grace when we believed. Abimelech was under a death sentence, whereas Abraham was brought from death to life by his faith. God was testifying to Abimelech that he and his people could not be saved except through the intercession of Abraham. Likewise, we cannot be saved except through the intercession of our mediator, Jesus Christ, whose righteous death on the cross stands between us and the wrath of God. Verse 8, So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. Abimelech shared the dream with his servants, and they feared God. Verse 9, And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? 
And how have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view that you have done this thing? It would have been very humiliating for Abraham to be rebuked by this Philistine king. Basically, he was telling Abraham, How could you do this to us? Verse 11, And Abraham said, Because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, This is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place wherever we go, say of me, He is my brother. Abraham's fear and deceit were brought on by an error in judgment. Abraham thought that there was no fear of God among the Philistines, but that wasn't true. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Don't you think the Lord would have kept Abraham safe if he just told the truth? Certainly. Honesty is the best policy, and especially when you're walking with God. But Abraham gave in to his fear, and it proved to be a snare. It endangered Sarah and Isaac, and it ruined their witness among the Philistines. Abraham was to be a blessing to the nations. Instead, he had brought a curse on them. Oh, that we would learn to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and not to fear man. Abraham's excuse was lame. Saying that Sarah was his half-sister didn't change the fact that he had deliberately misled the Philistines. English pastor and author F.B. Meyer said, A lie consists in the motive quite as much as in the actual words. A half-truth has just enough fact in it to make it plausible and just enough deception in it to make it dangerous. Lastly, we see that the reason Abraham stumbled in the same area with Pharaoh and Abimelech is because his sin was premeditated. He and Sarah had made a pact between them when they first entered Canaan that they would deceive others to save Abraham's skin. If we plan for sin, we will certainly fall into it. We would all be wise to heed Romans 13, 14, which says, Instead, Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Verse 14, Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham, and he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Abimelech shows himself the prince in this affair. He gave Abraham, who was already very wealthy, more livestock and servants. He would have been justified to say to Abraham, Get out of Dodge before sundown. Instead, Abimelech said, My land is before you. Dwell wherever you want. And as if all that wasn't enough, he gave Abraham 1,000 pieces of silver. It is interesting that the phrase, this vindicates you, literally says, 
is a covering of the eyes for you. The money was a covering or compensation for everything that happened to Sarah. The New Living Translation translates the last part of verse 16. This will settle any claim against me and your reputation is cleared. Verse 17. So Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female servants. Then they bore children. For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. There is a wonderful lesson to be learned in this story about how we effectively deal with sin in our own lives so that we don't repeat it. We must come to that place of truly judging our sin for what it is and not making excuses for it, not calling it by some other name. It is possible for us to acknowledge our sin and yet not be delivered from it. If we see it merely as a personal defect, we may admit it. We may even feel remorseful, but we won't be free of it. Warren Wiersbe writes, A light-hearted admission of sin is not the same as a broken-hearted confession of sin. If our attitude is right, we will hate our sins, loathe ourselves for having sinned, and despise the very memory of our sins. May God help us to do this so that our bad history won't repeat itself. And then we can pass the next test rather than failing it. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. After Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, God finally gave them a child that brought them great joy, but it also caused family problems. Hope you'll join us tomorrow on Simply the Bible.